So when you have people that say they're not ready, it's because their brain is so wired to receive pain in a way like, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. And especially if it happened at an early age. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford. And as always, as always, got the big homie KB, Mr. Kevin Brigands, Mr. Lightskin. How you doing, man? What up, baby? Let's go! Listen, I'm so excited to be here on Dads on Purpose podcast, as always, with my brother, Josh. Man, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. I like that shirt. That's real cute. That look like my size. Mm. That that look like my is that my size? Uh, yeah. Is that a, is that an extra me? That's because that's what size I wear. No? Yeah, you know. But I'm Anyways, trying to get yo, it we got company, Kev. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Riley. You know what? No, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not gonna try to say her first name because I said I'm gonna mess it up. She told me to say it's a <laughs> Nissan, but then she was gonna look at me crazy. You know what I'm saying? No, is that not what we talked about? <laughs> Did I mess that up? Did I make that up? I'm a guest for your show. I'm a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guest. Dame, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get sponsored, Dame. Come holla at <laughs> Doc, how you doing? I'm good, guys. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. It's, and um, it's... I like your shirt too. So hopefully you got one in my side. <laughs> what can where you get that? Wait, no. Don't, don't say the website. If if we, you know what I'm saying? They they might need to give us some coins. Or you just had it made. Hmm. See, we're gonna have to okay. Let's, let's, just, let's have that, let's have that conversation offline. Okay, okay. Uh, anyways, so Doc, how you introduce yourself? So I say hello, my name is Dr. Anissa Riley, mm-hmm. and as I'm on my when I'm on my show, and this is the Ask Dr. Riley show, but this is Dr. Anissa Riley on Dad's on Purpose. Hey, Woo-hoo. now quick, now quick, give us a quick bio. So where, I'm where you from, where you been, what you doing. Okay, so I'm an author, I'm a principal, I'm a talk show host, and I speak to women to make sure that they are living their best life through the words of triumph and trauma. Mm, I like it. And y'all don't y'all don't gloss over that. She says she a principal. She she been she ain't she ain't a yesterday principal. She's been doing this oh. a minute. Yeah, I've been actually 16 and a half years. I've been a principal in an elementary wow. school. My children are as young as 2.9 years old and as old as 10. So that's 3K to grade five. And I've been doing this a long time in a, in a hey. school, in the same if school. We, if we had sound effects. Yeah. Look, listen, look, that's why that's why we're trying to get these sponsorships so we can just get a sound effects board so we can stop making them up with ourselves. We over here. We ain't got no, no. money. Doc, congratulations on your sustainability as in your principalship, because mm-hmm. um, as I've come to know, as my wife is a system principal, we know the the the, the fight yeah. to be in that thing. So good job. Thank you. And it, and it, yes, it's a fight, but if you are in the right fight, mm. right? And mm. if you what know you that's mean? the What do you mean about that, that though? If, the, if you know that's the fight that you were ordained to be in, oh, like you just can't step up into this position and not know that you were ordained because it is a calling because you have babies' lives at stake 
And if you are not the right appointed, anointed leader for that job, then you're going to do a whole lot of damage to souls, to children, because we are saving lives. And especially the communities that I serve in, education is their ticket, their golden ticket out. So it's important that you understand your purpose. And if that's not your purpose, then go sell some shoes at another at the department store or something. Well, I thought you were about to say pay less. <laughs> <laughs> need some sponsors. So if I say I sponsorships. <laughs> right. But right. I I love that ordained appointed leader. Cause you know, a lot of these cats, they just been in the classroom for like three years and they trying to jump out, you know, because they don't want to be in the classroom no more, but don't have enough skills to lead mm. as these souls. That's in their school system. So I'll, I feel like we just talked about that. Like, did, uh, Doc, you, hey, no shade, no tea. Did you see the episode with Catherine uh, Michael that we did? Oh, yeah. Two episodes ago. She's an education attorney. Mm. I, I mean, I know you know who she is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you watched the show. No, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> don't, be, don't be putting our guests on the spot like that, man. I, I can. I will. Listen. I'm just going. Mama doesn't drink some water. Right. No, listen, hey, so for y'all, for y'all out there saying Josh didn't act brand new out here, I'm not acting brand new. We had a lovely conversation beforehand. And, yeah, we did. And we, we understand each other. If y'all, for y'all that's listening, you can't see the neck roll I got going on. <laughs> but no, did you, so, um, you know, did you, did you, if you didn't listen to it, that's fine. But I mean, you kind of know the premise of what she's talking about and how she's fighting for people and things like that. And one of her biggest things is like our educators, not our educators, our administrators, they're not ready for it. And so I'm I'm wondering with, you know, you you have your story with the triumph over uh, triumph. And trauma. And trauma. Thank you. Triumph and trauma. And so in my mind, I'm wondering how does that relate and help you prepare to, to guide these children and these teachers? Because... I mean, let's be real. Like, yeah, we're dealing with the kids, but teachers got issues too, just like administrators. Mm -hmm. And so you got to really be ordained, right? Yeah. So, so first, can I plug one book that I'm a part of, right? Mm -hmm. You can plug them all. It's called Fighting the Good Fight, Mm. Narratives of African-American Principalship. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, a collaboration between a bunch of us educators, leaders across the nation that explain their journey, their story Mm. about how it is to actually be a leader. Because some people really don't have this, a clear idea. They just think, oh, I'm going up the ladder. I'm getting promoted. The Mm -hmm. next step is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And not really realizing that it is, the best way that I like to describe it I'm about to tell my age. There used to be like this man who had have plates on a spinning on a stick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spinning the plates, spinning yep. the plates, spinning the plates without one falling. That's yeah. exactly what you're doing as an administrator. And mm-hmm. you have to keep your eye on it. And mm-hmm. so, yes, some may think that they're ready because some of us who do it, do it well, make it look really, really easy. Yeah. But the other thing is, if you have been tapped on the shoulder, the support mechanisms aren't really in place for those who can do it, but just need that additional help. Amen. And so if they don't get that additional help, then it will appear 
that they aren't ready. It will appear that they aren't ordained. And then they will believe that about themselves because they start seeing the plate starts crashing down and they think that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then by that time, all the plates are gone. They're like, oh, well, I don't know what you're going to eat off of. Yeah. Messed up some (laughs) of And then everybody looking at the show were like, "Mm, you a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's two lanes of that. And that's that's just good. And I'm even thinking about the people who are spinning the plate that somebody should have just told them, like, you're not ready. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just mm-hmm. not ready. And it's okay that you're not ready, but let me help you. Yeah. And I think what I'm realizing that there's a lot of um, people who have worked their way into those positions. And like you said, they've seen the plates crash and they've yeah. accepted it. And so now it's just that's who they are. And you're now hurting individuals who look like you that want to be in that position that's looking Mm -hmm. to you to help them reach that position. But, yeah, you need that support. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great place to say, yeah, about my support system, because a lot of people will say that the principalship is a lonely job. And I would counter that by saying it's lonely if you choose for it to be lonely. Oh, that's good. If you choose to be lonely, meaning that, of course, at the school, you're everybody's boss, right? Mm -hmm. You're, You're everyone's boss. So that's where that idea has come from. But if you are an individual who knows you need to be in community, then you will find the community. You will find your tribe. And I've been fortunate enough to find my tribe in my group called OSG, the Official Office School Grounds, which we were talking about earlier, yeah. where we are a coalition of principals around the globe who come together on a weekly basis to be in community, um, to be um, to sharpen one another. Um, I truly believe that that is what assisted my mental health during the pandemic because Mm. a lot of people didn't think about administrators during the pandemic. If Mm. you heard all Mm. teachers, 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 students, 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 teachers, students, teachers, students, parents. Yeah. How do you find that group? So fortunately for me, I've always been an individual who knew that I needed someone to help spawn my thinking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it couldn't be my superintendent because it was, he's not, yeah. the superintendent is your evaluator, right? So how can yeah. you have honest and open communication with your evaluator? And so I'm a firm believer that everyone needs a mentor and a coach. That's how you become great. Mm. Um, Michael Phelps has a coach. Michael Jordan has a coach. LeBron James has a coach. Tiger Woods has a coach. <laughs> and I got a coach. Yeah. As a principal, I'm going to be great, so I need a coach. So I've always made sure that I had an executive coach. Mm. And so my executive coach, his name is Dennis McKeezy. Well, doctor now, Dr. Dennis McKeezy. Uh-oh. Put some respect on his name. Right? He's Dr. McKeezy now. And he's been fortunate enough to have... The relationship with millions, I'm not going to say millions, I'm going to say millions now, I'm going to call it into existence with a lot of principals. And what he did is when the pandemic first hit, he was like, how do I get everybody into a room? Because you all need to be able to be in community with one another. That's good. Um, So he brought the principals that he worked with in California, in South Carolina, Mm -hmm. in Tanzania, in New York, in New Jersey. He brought us all together in a Zoom. And we were able to 
stay in community and push one another. We cried together. We, you know, used a lot of colorful language together. <laughs> I'm about to say, I know y'all, I know there was some crying on them Zoom calls. I'm going to turn my camera off real quick. <laughs> You know, and it was pushing one another, like, all right, you gonna cry enough, but we, we still got a school to run. So, yeah. let's, you know, so That's good. having that community is what will take you away from feeling like this job is lonely, but it will also let you know, hmm, you, you ain't doing right by kids. Yeah. Mm. Okay? You ain't doing right by kids. You know, I always watch, you know, American Idol, and I wanna say, who let you go up there and audition? You ain't no. <laughs> <laughs> they had no community. They was like, "Yeah, baby, you sang for the Lord." Yeah. <laughs> Wrong English. You ain't got no friends. You ain't got no. no that whole sentence radically incorrect. But that's how it is. Serious is you ain't got yeah. no friends. No friends. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm laughing because she's uh, yeah. You said that at first with a straight face. You ain't got no friends. No friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, my bad. Kev got something no, no, to say. Kev got a lot of I questions. But I'm gonna just let him run it. I love it because I think one of the things that we fail to recognize is who we are and mm-hmm. what we need as yeah. an individual. No matter what profession you're in, you need to understand who you are and what you need. And when you go into a place that doesn't have what you need, you have to seek it out in order for you to be the best version of yourself. And I think oftentimes we will neglect the need that we need for ourselves in order to we want to be and i think that's what also like know who you are like if you need community go get your community go find your community or seek help to develop that community so that you can get what you need and i love what you said too even if you feel like you don't need community you always need coaching you always need Mm -hmm. coaching so yeah i mean i I, I like to say around the coaching piece if anyone knows michael phelps's story in order for him to become the greatest, and he did those historical swims in his last meet, mm-hmm. he said prior to that, he was swimming well, and he wasn't messing with the coach that he got um, hooked back up with for his last Olympic run. But he said he knew he needed that coach because there were things that that only that coach could have taught him mm-hmm. that could take his swimming ability to the next level. And because mm-hmm. he was humble enough to recognize that about him. He was already great. Mike Phelps was yeah. already at the top. But yeah, because yeah. he was able to recognize that about himself and humbled himself and was like, yo, coach, work with me. Look what he did. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is, is that is that like the things you bring up on your show, though? Yeah. So on my show, so for me, so my show was born out of my own personal traumas. Okay. Every trauma that we talk about, you know, it just so happens that God said... You can handle it. Let me test you. I was like, really? That's what we're doing? Little on me? You know what I'm saying? But what I know as being a self-professed God girl is that what you go through is not for you, but it's for mm-hmm. those others who are coming behind you or who have influence on so that you can help them either get out mm-hmm. of it, um, help them get through it or if they've been through it how do you get over it right yeah. and so because I realized that that is how the show was birthed and that's how the show um, came to be and so in that it's important that the guests that I have on the show 
not only talk about the trauma and give that story, but what have they done with the trauma? That's good. That's good. Because what I have found oftentimes is when we're watching talk shows or we're watching those kind of shows, it's just cry, cry, cry. This is what happened to me. What was me? And everybody's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And then you walk away and you're feeling so sad and you're like, oh my gosh, someone else, yeah, is there someone else is like me out there? Woohoo, I'm glad. Yeah. But then after the show and the TV's turned off, I'm you, ain't, still- you ain't got no actionable items. You don't, yeah. you don't know what to do. You're just like, okay. Somebody right. else was, I don't, I don't know, they'll throw in some sort of trauma. Somebody yeah. else was molested. You know, yes. whatever. You know. So it's, it's what? fabulous now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. The number's up. We statistics. Right. Now what? Yeah. Mm. And how do I deal? I like that. Like, how do you work through it? Because oftentimes we never, we always identify the symptom, but we never give, you know, a cure. Yeah. Now we'll mm-hmm. give a a patch, a Band-Aid, but we never give, like, that's one of the things that I'm, I've am i learned. We've had um, t- uh, Dr. Tanya Cunningham on, and we talk about grief, and you know, and she's just honest, like, when you're going through something, it's not going to be healed immediately, yeah. but what is the process, and how are you working through it, and letting them know, like, it's okay not to be okay, but I mm-hmm. am working towards, and this is the steps that I've taken to get to that next level. That's wonderful, Doc. I'm glad that you do that. What uh? How do you? What do you say to somebody that, hey, like they tell you their trauma, you understand it, you you give them actionable items, but they they not taking part of it because my biggest thing, and I don't know if it's I'm just I'm rude or whatever, but shout out to the homie uh, Terica Lynn Smith, one of my really good friends, um, and her whole thing is you can tell me your problem one time, mm-hmm. and then after that we talking about solutions, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm saying that like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, going, finding help and confiding in somebody and things like that. Yo, you're going to cry a couple of times. I'm cool. But like you said, Kev, like, are, are we making steps? And for me, it's like, yo, if you're not making steps, why are you talking to me? <laughs> I, 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 have two, I have two responses to that because I feel the same way, but I have two responses. So the Bible talks about one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase, right? And so you may be the planter with this person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you may be the waterer, you know, or you may be the harvester, but you're not the one who's supposed to give the increase. You do your Mm. part, your God, where that person is at that particular time. And then my other answer to that would be, you know, I think people's hearts are like soil, right? And we are farmers. And what I mean by that is that there are some people whose hearts are so hardened that it's hard to get there. But like a farmer, a farmer will keep tilling the soil, tilling the soil, breaking up the soil, breaking up the soil until it it can be um, ready for fertilization. Mm -hmm. And then after it's fertilized, then it starts to be revitalized. And then you can plant the seed and then you cover it up and then you watch it. And so you may be with the person who you may be the fifth person yeah. who has talked to this individual yeah. because we still breaking up the hard places yeah, yeah. in that person's heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We yeah. have to understand where we are in that person's journey. That doesn't mean we don't stop. That doesn't mean we don't give advice. Yeah. You know, we we as parents know that you talk to your children and you say one thing and then they go and hear from their teacher and you're like, I didn't I, didn't just- I said that. I said the exact same thing. Or they go to auntie. Didn't I, I... <clears throat> so, so 
we are as adults, people are the same way. And especially adults who've experienced a lot or who have realized that their trauma has become their pet and they just don't comfortable with it, that they're afraid to let it go because they don't know anything else. Mm. But that doesn't say stop. And, and one thing that has helped me, you know, I have a lot of sayings that kind of help me. Yeah. Yes. Because I have a lot of trauma. But one of the sayings that I have also that helps me is, Anissa, remember, everyone hasn't been where you've been, read what you have read, seen what you have seen. So give people some grace and a break. Cool. I'm going to give them grace. But then <laughs> I cut them off. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be funny because like, uh, cause at a certain point I think about, you know, I, I, I'm gonna go back to it. I think about, you know, one of my mentees, like, and this was my fault because I blame myself because I stepped in and I told myself I want to do this no more. I started giving unsolicited advice and help, gave a lot of unsolicited advice, a lot of help, started making things moving and shaking. And when it came time to do the work, he wasn't ready to do the work. So he ended up right back where he was. And I got frustrated because he wasn't doing it now. But I recognize that I messed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But if but if we're out here giving help and people are coming to us and whoop, 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 like when do we cut? You know what I'm saying? Like when when do yeah. we set that boundary? I, I, I would like to add because it's something that we already said earlier. You got to know who you, we are. And that's what I had to learn, too. I I am an encourager. Mm-hmm. I am a person who will get behind you and help you. But then what Dr. Riley just said, I have to understand where I am in your journey. Yeah. And, 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 and what I had to learn as a mentor and as a coach is that even though, man, God will tell me exactly what you're going to be 30 years from now, that's not for me to tell you. But mm-hmm. I am supposed to do is meet you where you are and give you what you need that I can give at this moment. And I think a lot of times we see people in their trauma and we want to fix them. Yeah. And so because we want to fix them, we're going to go and do everything that we possibly can do. To everything. Everything that we know that we can do to fix them and not help them. And so and what we do when we're helping, I, I believe, from my experience, what I what we do when we help them is we definitely need to know who I am because mm-hmm. I can give you everything that I have. And then now I've drained out my pool. And so I'm depleted yeah. and now having to go sit under somebody else when I could have just given you a little. I could, OK, see, come on, <laughs> come on, grow seed. Oh, you're not ready. Let me let that water drain. Yeah. Let me let it dry up a little bit. And when you need some more water, I'm going to pour into it. And I think oftentimes when it comes to trauma, we we do want to fix a lot of people because we, our heart is that we don't want them hurting anymore. Yeah. Um, and doc, I, I want, I want your insight on this because the first thing that I, I thought when we got into this specific topic is they have to be ready for the help because mm-hmm. if they're not ready, then it's hard for us to really connect with them because even though they're coming and complaining, if they're not ready, then they're not ready. And no matter what I want to do or how I want to help, it's not going to benefit them because they're just not ready. So how do we recognize when people are ready to deal with their trauma? I love how you just cut off my question. Oh, I did, huh? But you know, that's what I do. I just be like, God just be talking to me and I just... Go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. I mean, what people people don't understand also is that they have to really understand what trauma is, right? Oh, come on with it. Uh, Because I think trauma has this 
like negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it on clinical terms, it's really pain that you've experienced, mm. right? That has altered your brain perception of reality. Mm. Right? Okay. Keep going. I'm listening. So trauma affects your brain in ways that it alters your neurons, your transmitters, and how you perceive and receive information. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when you think about a military individual who has been on the battlefield and they've experienced war and they talk about post-traumatic stress, it's trauma. What it is, is that if your brain has gone into this mode of this is what pain Mm -hmm. felt like, and this is what we need to do to protect ourselves. It's perception of reality. So now they're out of the war and they'll hear um, a car backfire and they think they're back in, you know, it was, it was gunshots. Yeah. 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 Or Mm. they'll be in a situation where somebody is yelling and they'll think that, you know, their sergeant is coming at them. Right. Because their brain has been transformed and reconfigured because of these various pain points and how it's been, it happened. So that's what trauma does. It's like how you perceive pain and how you receive pain. And so when the Bible talks about renewing your mind, that's what it's really talking about. Renewing, recreating new neurotransmitters, recreating things in which your brain receives information and transforms it so that you can respond properly. And so when you have people that say they're not ready, it's because their brain is so wired to receive pain in a way like, "Mm -mm." Mm. and especially if it happened at an early age, Mm. especially when the brain was just developing. Yeah. Um, right, you, I'm, I'm, I'm like having flashbacks. I'm like, yo, like that's why people keep going back into like abusive relationships and yes. things like that. Like that's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, what you doing? You pointing over? <laughs> you pointing at yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You I'm raising my hand and pointing to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, it's like I, it. That's that's the thing that triggered in my head, and I was just like, yo, that makes so much sense. And like, I don't, you know, what I'm saying I know a little bit about a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know, what I'm saying like. That's like, oh, made it so simple. Yeah. So thank you. That's all I was it's, trying to get at. That's really good because even with my experience as I mentored students, I've recognized that. I recognize like no matter how bad their parents treated them, yeah. their brain is just connected. Yeah. That's love. Regardless yeah. of what we know love is to be. Yeah. If they grew up in that household and their brain has been, well, she beats me, but she yeah. loves me, right? You know, and we know that's how a lot of us grew up. Yeah. I beat you because I love you. No, you don't love me. If you, <sighs> as I grow up, that's yeah. like, man, that's painful. But um, I think that- Where'd that, that come from? Sorry, that just bothered <laughs> me, right? That was a trigger right there. Uh, you know, I'm only, I, I'm doing this because I love you. I was because I, I think up. they see it, from my point of view, I just think that they see it as correction and I'm, I'm corrected action. So if you won't well, go down I don't, the think, I don't think we as a people and we as a culture, we as a people and we as a culture have enough tools in our kit about how to really engage with our children around how to talk them through what it is. What we know is I'm going to kick your behind. I'm going to spank you. That's what mm-hmm. we know. And that's how we've mm-hmm. been ways we don't believe in timeout because we'd be like timeout who, who i do i do timeouts yeah but i'm just saying i i, I didn't say you well, i yeah. said me. No, you're oh yeah, yeah 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 as a, yeah you know, like, we i got well, we good i'm good i'm back i'm back 
Hold on, Josh was in his personal uh, yeah, counseling mission right listen, now. Listen, I'm, you know, man, uh, DJ DJ Johnson talks mm-hmm. a lot about it, about, mm-hmm. you know, how the, the new school, which is like me, and like, Kev, you on the edge of the new school. I mean, Kev, you only, what, 39? And so, like, how... appreciate it. <laughs> like, yeah, like we, like, we are the first ones to, like, on, on a grand scale, start to shift yeah. away from what Big Mama did. You know why? Because Big Mama gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now yeah. we're, we're starting to understand, like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I, I almost said, almost said some things. Um, Maybe other cultures <laughs> might have got something right with, with, with timeouts and... <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think, but but there's something with, there's something with psychological around timeout too. So there is a, there is a balance that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the timeout is so all you're doing is letting your baby sit there and stew about what they did wrong and I'm sitting in timeout yeah okay I did this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there has to be a conversation there has to be language used there has to be an opportunity for them to problem solve and critical, critically think about what they did and why they did it right mm-hmm. now I'm not saying you're not supposed to spank them every now and then That's but they, I, think, I think somebody should get a little pop on their behind you know <laughs> But I don't. That's but. my that's that's my parenting style. Pop on the behind with the critical thinking conversation. Did not spell. <laughs> you better. I'm gonna shut this interview down. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see the comments after that. <laughs> I can't. I can't advocate for it. But no, but I, but I understand it. Again, yeah. you know what I'm saying. You you was. You, you was telling on yourself. You was talking about the spinning plates. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, you coming but, from a different school than me. Yeah, but I, but it, but it also depends on your child. Like you have to know your child. Like Amen. my oldest daughter, all I had to do was say to her, mm, and give it a look, and my eyebrow go up, and she'd be like, this, ah! "No, that's my youngest daughter." Ah! Oh my gosh! Oh, the world is about to end. Right. So spanking her was would not be the way in which to guide her in the right direction. I would have broken her spirit, right? Yeah. I knew that about her. But my oldest daughter, I had to put on my helmet, <laughs> put my shoulder <laughs> Like, well, how, wait, how, how, what's the difference in age? So my oldest is 28. Mm-hmm. She's, well, she'll be 28 next month. And then April. who was the crybaby? Um, the little one, the baby, right? Okay. She's how many kids you got? Biologically, I have two. I have two bonus children. Okay. But I was a single mother for a very long time, and they have two different fathers. That's a whole nother story I can tell y'all. Yeah, about, right? but so, but so, what I'm getting at though is that the the first one you had, you you know, what I'm saying she got spankings, and I I don't know, you know, what I'm saying I don't know, I don't know, but I'm just thinking about it. That was your first child. You did what you knew, and that's what worked for you. By the time the second one came along, you had different tools in your tool belt that yeah. were more effective than spankings. Yeah, and and the little one, the little one, she. And I guess because I'm an educator, right? And I'm around children all the time. Like as a teacher, I know that I could use my words and get a hundred thirty-two children in my classroom to do what I want them to do. Yeah. So why am I not able to transfer that skill when I come home, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something that I would. <laughs> Keep going. Just. I wish we had a witness. I wish you know. I, I wish we had a witness because she just said something. Y'all ain't listening. Right, so <laughs> oh yeah, who don't know? He just laughed. He just laughed <laughs> myself on the screen. <laughs> you know my cab right there. <laughs> oh, 
My bad. Oh, I don't do I got I thought I had my Christmas pajamas on still. <laughs> I'm glad. Ooh, Lord, we went with It's all good. <laughs> You know, when I realized, I was like, you know, some guy, because I could, I could get a whole thirty, a whole class of thirty-two first six-year-olds yeah. mm. do what I need them to do quietly, stand in line, walk in the hallway for six, six and a half hours a day, and I come home and I got my two. Yes, people would say, well, that's your children, and then you know, there's certain things that you do, but no, there was obviously a skill set that I had that I mm. needed to incorporate into my parenting and not to say that some of my six-year-olds and my 30 in my class didn't need a spanking i just couldn't spank them <laughs> maybe my, my oldest child was the one <laughs> but, I, but I, yo but I, I think that also has to go back to what, what's going on at the house you know yeah because because what, 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 uh, what bernie max say we some punk ass parents you know what i'm saying <laughs> To the purpose of your podcast, like, you know, my, my children's fathers, they were my oldest daughter's father. She lived, he lived in another state and he was being a parent as much as he could be a parent from another state. Mm-hmm. My youngest daughter's father, unfortunately he was locked up when I had her. So he wasn't there in the beginning. And when he got out, he was still trying to get himself together. And so that combination of parenting needed to happen for some children, right? Mm-hmm. So my oldest daughter really needed her dad. And because she was a the strong-willed individual where I, where I truly believe that a father, when he says no, rocks your soul. Like, no, I said no, Absolutely. your mom said no. And then I Absolutely. just had think, I think, I think a father knows how to snatch a child's soul out of the body. Like Absolutely. bring it over this, put it back. Just put his Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I think about like I used to get on these campuses in my city, yeah. and they used to be men. In the schools, but when I walk down the hallway and I hear noise in the classroom, yeah. I will, I will just what what's going on in here, and everybody like, yeah, who that who that is? But, but it's the it's the ability <laughs> it's the ability to enforce with, and it's not out of anger, it's not yeah. out of it's just that you need to hear a deeper yeah. voice there, and I'm not I'm not by all means I'm not calling my kids animals but it's scientifically proven that a dog will not listen to a female's voice mm-hmm. so 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 when you're when a, so when it's when a woman and a male is in the house a woman say stop no the dog will still go crazy but when it hears that male voice it pauses mm-hmm. and look like what's going on but i believe you're 100 percent right and i think you know, just in our society and us being where we are with our men being incarcerated and not being able to be in the household to help with the raising of our kids. Like, I recognize that. I give my wife 100%, hey, do what you got to do. Yeah. But at the point that Kendall act like she going to talk back to my wife. Yeah. We got an issue. And I step in and enforce what she is asked for her to do. And I think sometimes we miss that in our household. So it's hard for us to able to have that. You wouldn't have to whoop your child if, if, you know, you had that additional support. And I remember so many days, my mom would be like, wait until your daddy get home. (laughs) I'm like, oh Lord. (laughs) And it's not to take away from those women who've done an excellent job. So this this is not, you know, in contrast to that, because there are some women 
who's done a wonderful job and who have been able to do it. Um, you know, I have two children and they're successful. So it's not like I'm not saying that I didn't do it. What I am saying is it might have been easier. I believe it would have been easier. I believe that there would have been some hiccups and some bumps that we might not have experienced as mother, mother, mother and daughter, especially because I, at the time, I didn't realize that I was still in the healing process of mm-hmm. my Right. I didn't understand that at the time. Bring it full circle. Bring it full circle. Yeah, but so because I was still in the healing process of my trauma, mm-hmm. I'm now parenting through this process. Come on. And I'm bleeding on my children. The trauma's bleeding mm. on the children, right? I'm, you know, they're adding to it. I'm giving it to them. And so the cycle is about to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. to be honest, there are some spots that I didn't catch that my oldest mm-hmm. daughter's kind of dealing with now, you know, but the blood of the, 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 <laughs> I'm playing, I, I got holy oil, oil, oil. No, but you know what? You you went exactly where I wanted to go. <laughs> I wanted to, that was like right on point because I think sometimes, oftentimes we become parents in the midst of our trauma. Yes. And I I am and even talking to dads, there are a lot of dads who are listening to who are number one, don't even recognize they have trauma trauma because we're being, you know, we and number two, we're dealing with trauma and still trying to be parents. And it's it's affecting our kids. All parents are dealing with some kind of trauma and we hadn't rec what happened when you recognize like, man, I'm dealing with my trauma, I'm trying to be a parent, and it's affecting my kid. How do you? How did you work with through that as a parent? So I, I'm gonna give you two responses. So the first one, I recognized one part of the trauma when my daughter was in her teenage years and she was dating, and she was asking me some for some advice, right? And so I was trying to be all, you know, let me tell you, let me tell you, and then I stopped mm-hmm. because I realized at that moment I hadn't had a successful relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And and I could have been talking from there ain't no no good men out there, but I I was the constant in all these relationships that didn't go the right way. Not to say that they didn't have the part, but if I'm the constant that something's wrong with my pickup, right? I wasn't choosing correctly. Maybe I didn't know when to get out, and so I said to her at that moment, I stopped and I said, "You know what, babe? I said I don't think I could tell you what to do." But I could definitely tell you what not to do. Mm. I could definitely tell you that. Mm. And that was like an epiphany for me. Mm, I was just like, oh. And I, at that moment, I was like, I can't even give my daughter dating advice. But you recognize it though. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. that kind of touched my heart because she came to me for advice and I couldn't do it. And so that was an, a, one of the awakening moments for me. And Yo, then, but yeah. Before you keep going, but low key, I think that you gave her even greater advice than giving her advice about dating. Like mm. the fact that you were honest with her and let her know like, yo, like I'm not the one that you need to talk to. Yeah. Because I think so many times people, they want to be that person that someone can come to. Like everybody wants to be needed. They want to feel liked. And so when somebody comes to you with something, we don't want to be like, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? I've done some things. Mm-hmm. I ain't I ain't the one for you. To, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not the typical response. Like people, yeah. they just want to give advice 
on their experiences, which is great. But if you ain't never had no successful relationship, how are you going to tell me how to be married and happily married? Facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. you had another point. Go ahead. My bad. No. <laughs> Pin that point right there. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, you know, later on when she was an adult, mm-hmm. um, she came to me and she spoke to me and she talked to me about one of my blind spots as her mom um, because she happened to be witness to a lot of the domestic violence that I was um, mm-hmm. um, in. And when you're in that situation, you're thinking about survival, right? Yeah. Surviving for yourself, survival for your children, not realizing that the way in which you handled it, well, for me, the way in which I handled it, I was like, if I felt, I, at that moment, I felt like if I stopped right now and cried and dealt with it, then I was going to get stuck and I was never going to be able to get out. And I knew mm-hmm. that I had babies that I needed to raise and I needed, so I needed to keep pushing. So a lot of us will just keep pushing through the trauma, keep pushing through the trauma, keep pushing through the trauma. What she told me as an adult, she said, mommy, you don't even know how much it devastated me because you just act like nothing was happening. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you, 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 and you, and you, and I felt like you made me love him. And I was like, mm. she was like, because you just kept going on. You just kept pushing. You just not, you didn't stop. You didn't talk to us. And that broke, that broke me. Right. Cause I was like, oh my gosh. And I apologized to her. And I said, my job was to make sure that you were emotionally safe because she was physically safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because he knew, right? Okay. But I mean, that's a whole nother warp type of thinking. But, you know, she was physically safe. You know, she was fed and she went to school. and But emotionally, I didn't keep her safe. Hmm. But when she said that, so that's so some of the things that she's dealing with right now that we're working through. But that was because I dealt with trauma in a way that didn't, wasn't healthy. That's yeah. all I knew, right? Yeah. And um, and I was healing because I was bleeding on my daughter. Mm. You know, Woo. I don't, I don't know how the hell we got here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It is so good. It is so good, man. I'm tired. <laughs> That's you know, you know, this is. It just made me think of all of the individuals who have who are single yeah that find their their spouse but what just pierced my heart was you made me love him you you like and i'm wondering could that even been a sign in the midst of all of that trauma but we couldn't even recognize they were giving us like, hey, yeah. I don't want I don't want to love him. I don't want him as my daddy. But it's like, I love him and I'm going to be happy and yeah. you need to blah. And it just it just broke my heart because I, mm-hmm. I just started thinking so many individuals who are trying to move on with their life with their kids. And that just you made me love love him part is like and, and you just said physically. Yeah. One being molested, you want, you know, you weren't getting physical, but emotionally yep. not being able to be supported and built mm-hmm. up in that opportunity. Cause oftentimes I tell, I always tell um 
because I, I usually work with a lot of teen teen parents parents. So you know they might not work out, but mm-hmm. I always say, hey, you have a right <clears throat> to find that you love and be with them. But you also need to make sure that you're protecting your kid. And now it's like I've been talking about the physical, right? Making yeah. sure they ain't hitting them, making sure they ain't yeah. touching them ways. But now you have to have these conversations and allow them to be honest with you yeah. without you getting mad and pissed off because your kid is really re- revealing to you some things that you just do not see. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's deep. And I had to come, I had to reconcile because I could have stayed in this big guilt, like yeah. this big puddle of guilt, like, oh my gosh. You know, that was over 20 years ago. She was little. There was nothing that I could do now. The only thing I could do was make a change moving forward. And she let me have it. And I was sitting like this. Just take it. (laughs) 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 You know, uh, and that wasn't through no therapy. It just because I had did my work. Mm. And I now was, I was no longer an open wound for her. Mm. I was not, I just had a scar from all my traumas. So I understood that I wasn't given that opportunity to release or whatever. And she was, and I made it free for her because I didn't create emotional safety for her when she was little. So as an adult, she was taking this chance to be emotionally free with me. And I just had to stay there and be like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> and um, and as she's still doing her work, you know, and I'm still here. And when she comes and she calls and, you know, talking through it, you know, she's getting getting to those places. Um, mm-hmm. She recently saw one of the episodes of the show and she was like, Mom, you're like, you're one of the strongest women I know. I love wow. you. You wow. know, and so yeah. being able to just open and be there, you know, and it, it touched my heart because. I was like, I thought I was doing everything right when I was a young mother. You know, I was, <laughs> you know, she wasn't hungry. We weren't homeless. You yeah. know, she was going on trips. I was exposing her. Yeah. Yeah. Just that one, you know, that piece that, you know. Bro, you know what, what just hit me? It's just like, sorry, I'm okay. my ADHD all over the place. It's <laughs> like the, the fact that, like, we're talking a lot about being like physically safe and things like that. And it just hit me just like how the the emotional part has no socioeconomic like standpoint because when you think about the rich and they think that they could just solve that they're like oh well they got a great life they look they go on to branson I'm, i don't know if you go on to branson if you're rich but whatever you know what i'm saying like you go on to hamptons you got this you got that we're going on trips blase blase you got these friends but at the same time it's just like oh like can i talk to you yeah mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Can, can we have a can we have dinner together like we mm-hmm. it, can we got have McDonald's together? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, yo, like that is powerful. That, that is. goes back to that goes back to community. So, and I think that's the reason why gangs are on the rise and why our our students, our children, are so staying on the um, Xbox and talking to them mm-hmm. because they crave that community that community, touch. Yeah. Because you know. Are we having food, um, dinner at the table anymore? Are we sitting down in the room reading books to our children? Or we say, turn on the tablet and let the iPad read the story to you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, are, are we doing those little... It be like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, below Siri, going to read the story to you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do pretty much have dinner 
together every night. Now, granted, mine are one and three. They ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. but it becomes, and I think it becomes purposeful because even when I think about my relationship with Kendall, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm always trying to make sure we're having open at some moment that yeah. we're having open. I think because you because y'all do walks together, like y'all yeah. walk the dog together. Yeah, no. yeah, absolutely. We walk the dog together. We like there be times where. It's just me and her. So we're instead of me saying, hey, I'm going to go and run this and get this food. Well, how about just me and you go to eat together and then sit down? And honestly, y'all, that's when we've had the most deepest conversation. I kind of come home like, hey, you don't even know what we talked about today. You know, just excited. But I also I also recognize, too, that as much as they're craving for community as parents, we, I, and I'm just learning this, y'all. My baby's 13. She'll be 14. And so she's into the Roblox. She's into um, Discord and creating the community on there. Mm. But that's not healthy because it's not physical. Yeah. It's not physical. And what happens is I don't know these parents. Yeah. I don't know these values yeah. that are being impl- that are being shown to you. And mm-hmm. it's funny. We, we were just having a conversation. I was just having a conversation with one of my students at the church. And it was like... Y'all want to make all these plans and y'all expect us to let y'all go, but we don't know who these people are in this community that you've created. And we as parents have to do a better job, number one, helping develop the community for our kids. Because yeah. all we want to do is be like, all right, I'm tired of you. Go do you go do your thing. You know, go you play sports with them. That's fine. But have you ever even talked to their parents? Mm-hmm. Have you ever even connected with them before you let them like it would it amazes me at in these middle school kids they're having these sleepovers and nobody know these parents i wish some <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to tell my children that's what their parents do i'm not their mother i'm not their mother i'm not sally's mommy like high key cam, like that's why <laughs> I'm not selling. Stuff. I didn't miss it. I was just trying to keep going. <laughs> but like high key, that's why um, we bought the house that we bought in the neighborhood we bought. It's in a great neighborhood. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. house. We got a beautiful backyard with the pool and all this other stuff. But one of my things was when my kids get old enough, their friends are gonna want to come here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a so I can see. Yeah. So you ain't you ain't look, you, you ain't gotta go to Sally House because you know what? Sally gonna want to come over here. Hey, yeah. Sally Mama and Daddy wanna come over here. Hey, we we look, we got the spot right here. We got the TV mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. We got the work you know what I'm saying? Look, mm-hmm. y'all can come over here because y'all guess what? I ain't I ain't with it. <laughs> you, you, ain't but you know what I you know what I realized too, because I was this me and my wife are the same, right? We're like, mm, we're in this man. I encourage, I encourage every parent, no matter where you are, create that community. I don't care if you in a one bedroom, yeah. man, you pile mm. all yeah. up in the living room, y'all yeah. play games together, watch TV together. Because I think what I'm starting to realize too, even for parents, we are so removed from community. Yeah. Mm. Like we are like normally when we were growing up, we had community amongst friends because their my parents was friends with them. And yeah, so because, yeah. because they were going to hang out with them, I had no choice but to hang out yeah. with their kids. And so now as parents, we're so re- far removed from 
from community. It's hard for us to develop community for our kids. And so now they have this artificial community that we are not connected to. We don't know what's going on and everything is just leaking through and we haven't discussed him, her, her, they, she, and them at age seven, six. Oh, I forgot we. Yeah. At age six, seven, eight, nine, ten, because we've removed ourselves from community and we're allowing them to develop whatever community that they need. I got, you know what? Never mind. No, I would say this. I think, you know, some people may say, well, what's some practical things that I could do? Right. And so, you know, your students, your children, your nieces, your nephews, your grandbabies, they watch TV, they're playing these games. And I would say, engage them in conversation about what's happening on the screen. So for instance, if they're watching a show, uh, we were just talking about Dino Ranch, right? So they're watching the show and they see you see something interesting happening on Dino Ranch. And then you ask them, so what do you think about that? What's just happened? Instead of giving your opinion or combating it, you want to get in their head to see what they're thinking because you got to make their thinking visible because when we're talking about the brain creating these new neurons and ways of yeah. perceiving the world, you got to find out, you got to locate them. Yeah. Good. The only way that you can locate them is by coming into their space, coming into their world. And you got to get in there so you can start saying, oh, what's that? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm famous for playing, huh? What? My- <laughs> <laughs> That's what? what they doing? I'm famous for that. Yeah, yeah. Children, my, my, the adult grown there. They're like, my stop. And I was like, no, I really don't know. What is that? Because I need them to be free to open up so I can hear how they're thinking. So one, I know how to pray. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. And two, I know how to strategically begin to infuse different ways of thinking into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And three, if I don't know what it is that they're watching, I'll go and be like, what's this about? What's this? Oh, okay, okay. And then I go, well, what did you think about, you know, Bobby and Sally when they did that the other day? You know, so he's like, Mommy, you was watching that girl. You know, oh, that's the hottest show out. <laughs> you know, I'm watching it. That's what I would do with my children at my yeah. school, the students mm. at my school, because how do I get an end to the students at my school? I got to be in their world. I got to know their world. I got to be able to know how to navigate it so then I could turn their thinking, turn yeah. their understanding, pre- present them a different paradigm so that they can see something from a different perspective and be able to then be able to judge between how they really want to go. Because mm. if they only got one way, they only know one way. Yeah. Then you yeah. can't trust them. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's good. Engage your kids where they at. <laughs> it's, oh, that, stop, that. Putting them in, stop putting them in front of the TV. Remember that commercial? Um, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Oh, I remember they in that. the bed. You know why? Because they go to bed at 7 o'clock anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now they do, but wait until they turn. No, I'm just messing. Bro. Kev, you know what I'm about to get out of here, man. Oh, Doc, man, it's already time. We just started. Bro, we've been going an hour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's how it be. That's what, Doc, you got your own show. You know how it get in there. You be in there. You know what I'm saying? And then they start spilling the tea, and then you just be like, ooh, really? Next like thing, look, next thing, you know, look, you know, I was gonna say you get another cup of coffee, but you know what I'm saying? You get your little, you know what I'm saying? Little, little Parmesan, little cognac. What? I don't, look, I don't know what you drink. I'm not trying to judge you. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's been amazing having you on the show. Like, thank you so much. I don't mean to say I didn't mean to pause like that to make it seem like otherwise because no, because you was about to say absolutely amazing, but that was look, just you know what? I, look, I, I, 
I'm not good with words. I just make them <laughs> up sometimes. So that's what we're gonna go with. But no, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what what you want to leave the people with? What you what you got? What you got? Because you didn't drop some gym. And I mean, Kev, we talk about this all the time, man. When when the ladies come on the show, they just be shutting it down. Cause look, she she shut it down as soon as she came on, and I was like, oh, okay. This this where we going? This this what we doing? Okay, so we we just gonna shut it down real quick, right? But no, but like so this this is a plea out there to y'all. Like I don't know if it's y'all, or if it's us, or what it is, but dads, men, yeah, y'all y'all coming, but I I need you to come come with the fire because the ladies on look, this is about to be dads on purpose with moms. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to leave them with, Doc? What you want to leave them? I with? mean, for those of you out there who need to learn how to, you know get themselves better at public speaking. I wrote a book. I authored a book. It's called Five Buckets of Leadership, Speaking in the Moment. Mm. So Where's please that? You get that. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to my website, www.axdrriley.com. <laughs> you can hey. book. But it's really about how, because I'm into brain science, as you could probably tell, right? I'm really yeah. into how the brain works because like I said, trauma lives in your brain. And I've learned how to trick your brain, hijack your brain to do what it is that you want to do, regardless of what stressors are coming. Thus the tagline, triumph in trauma, right? Because some people hear about how you were triumphant after trauma, but when Mm. you're in the midst of it, how can you still be triumphant? And it's all about what you do with your brain and all about how you hijack your brain. So I teach a little technique in here, in the book. So hopefully people will go out and get the book. You how, many to, you got, how many books you got? Because we're just going to put them in the description link. So there's two books. So this is um, my book. Speaking I in the moment. Right, speaking in the moment. And then I co-authored. I'm a contributing writer to that book. Okay. Those no, I'm just, so yeah, we just, we're going to drop both those in the link on the YouTube and then on yes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yes. all them things. So they can just clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Take I your, it. buy the book back. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Being on here, this was so fun, guys. Hey, KB, what you got for us, man? Man, it's just been... Y'all need to go back and listen. (laughs) Hey, bro, you know, it was a day, but that's all right. What I really really want people to understand is that I think each and every one of us are dealing with some kind of trauma. Mm. I think we need to pull back and, uh, you know, know who we are, know what we're dealing with, and know that it's okay that we're dealing with this trauma, but also let's work through the trauma for the betterment of our families, Mm -hmm. for our kids, so that we don't miss the signs of our kids and then have to go and fix our kids later. Mm -hmm. And not that that we're going to be perfect. No, we're not going to be perfect. But whatever pothole that I can cover, I want to make sure that I could cover so she doesn't have to fall in that pothole. So so my, my thing is, man, work on yourselves. So that you can have a better, uh, better life for you and your family. I love it, man. Uh, I don't know who said it, but there's a saying out there. It's like, uh, it's okay to not be okay. And that is a bar and a half. And so I just think people need to just take that to heart. It is okay to not be okay. Get you some help. But you know what to do on the podcast, y'all. Like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Three people. One, two, three. Till next week. Take care. God bless. We love you. We out of here. Peace. Peace.